Oh, yeah. This is the manly man, Randy Brutal, talking at you. When I'm on the road, I pass the time between matches, snapping to Slim Jims, and listening to the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's the Sean Geek Podcast, downloaded off of SeanMcGinnity.ca, brother. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast with me, your host, and not Fast Fret, but Karen. <laughs> She's waving. <laughs> Can, do you all see yeah. that? <laughs> There's the giggle. I like it. Um, how you doing, Karen? Good, good. Lots of shows <laughs> lined <laughs> up. We have lots of um, episodes, I guess, lined up for us to talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll try to hit as much as we can. There's there's so much right. to cover, and I, I don't know if we've all watched everything, but we'll we'll hit through everything. I like your shirt, by the way. That's pretty damn cool. That's uh, from the it? Star Wars celebrations. X wings. Yeah, yeah, they're all like the ships. Oh, it's all the ships. Blueprint. Yeah. Oh, nice. You're such a nerd. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, hey, this week we brought in a, a a third. We brought in a ringer. We have Corey from And the Podcast Will Rock. Hello. I am just here for the giggle. Uh, the Karen shows are always my favorite shows. Uh, whenever she laughs, wow. it just brightens my week. So it's a real pleasure to be here with you tonight, Karen. Sean, not so much. Yeah, I guess he's got to be here because it's his show. But <laughs> Exactly. I'd yeah, we're just, just here to hang out. <laughs> yeah. And nerd out. So before the before we end the show, that thing that's on the mantle behind me, which the listeners can't listen, I will. I promise I will put it on. We'll screenshot it for Alex, your your hubby. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. I, I'm thinking of wearing it out to Halloween, so I get a Magneto helmet to to wear, or is it Magneto? <laughs> so that's awesome, what my dad. Awesome. My dad used to call it Magneto. <laughs> what? I mean, that's how it's spelled. It is. I can see Todd calling it that too. Yeah. Wait, wait. He, he called call it Magnet Boy or something. I think he said. Or <laughs> so holy shit! There's so much TV right now to watch. Like we don't even need to talk about movies ever again. But there's a lot of TV to watch. But before we get to that, anyone gonna go see uh, Wakanda Forever in November? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I currently I currently live in a town without a theater, so I got to travel. But we're still planning opening weekend uh, to go. I'm actually part of a group that's opening a theater uh, in my hometown here of Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Nice. We'll be ready for about a year though. But uh, yeah, we're opening a two screen first run theater here. Oh my god, it's about time. Yeah. You can't not have a theater in in, in any town. I don't care if there's a population of five hundred. You need a theater. Well, I know. And uh, for the last few years, Weyburn has been listed. Uh, in this uh, list of the uh, top 100 Canadian cities to live in, we've ranked in the top 10. Uh, I imagine a theater is going to bump us up a few notches. So. I would think so. I shift to Weyburn all the time in my day job. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yep. 
did uh, three or four quotes there today. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you awesome. so cute tonight. You're in a good mood. <laughs> I was just like so excited. There's like so much to talk. I know. About. Like if you could throw any of the shows, and I'd be like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, I, I re, I really want to start with um, let let's let's get She Hulk talked about because I think I'm I'm, I'm reading the room. And I think everyone's all over the map. I know Corey's partner, Mark, is a fan, but I don't know where Corey stands. And I kind of think I know where Karen stands. So um, I will, we'll let Corey go first. He's he's the special guest. Yes, let, yes. Let, can, grade it from A to F. A to F. Um, I think it's solid B+. Uh, I enjoyed She-Hulk. Uh, I enjoyed that it was something different. Um, I love Tatiana Maslany, of course, a, a prairie Canadian girl from Regina, Saskatchewan. We always got to root for our own. Thought yeah. she did a great job. Um, I loved seeing, like, you know, Mark Lynn Baker from Perfect Strangers is back and, <laughs> and, and Tim Roth. Like, it was a great cast. Um, yeah, the effects were wonky. The CGI was wonky. Everybody's talked about that. It didn't really bother me, though. If I'm invested in the characters and in the story, um, then, you know, it's not going to bother me. Although there were quite a few moments like, ooh, that's not so good. But um, I was really kind of hoping for a case of the week type show, and we got that a little bit. But we got a little bit uh, evolution of She-Hulk in there too, and uh, you know there's some aspects that uh, could have been done better. But mostly I was on board, uh, especially considering uh, some of the other uh, Marvel series, which I thought were just kind of fine. I put this maybe a little bit above fine. Okay, Karen. Um, we'll talk about this briefly um, when <laughs> there are only like three episodes in, and um, like for me, if I were to grade it. Like, it like barely made the C for me. Like that ending really, really, really saved it for me. So I'd like um I was wondering what you think about that ending. I I really, really liked that one. Um like we had bailed on like episode three. Like after episode three, oh, I was like, Oh, this happening. Yeah, we we bailed and um and you know, just like following um I just like check online like, oh, it's like they're doing an episode of it. I just felt like it was kind of all over the place. Right. But um and the humor wasn't really my cup of tea. And um, and yeah, on top of like the wonky CG. So if I'm not sold on the story and the, the effects are not oh. that great, then it's a little hard for me to enjoy. So thank goodness for the, I guess, last two episodes. And um, that really made it to see. That really brought it up to see pretty much. Otherwise, I would have just not have watched it. <laughs> So did you actually catch up on those middle episodes? You said you had skipped mm-hmm, them originally. Yeah, yeah, it, well, yeah, I did, and then I was just like, okay, let's just like watch them, and that way we can have, you know, input on everything. All right, I'll give my two cents. Okay. Um, at the third episode is when my the wiring in my brain switched around. I was liking it begrudgingly because I'm a huge fan of the source material. Like John Byrne was my favorite artist growing up and his run on She-Hulk and what he did with her and the She-Hulk comic and her in Fantastic Four was next level fucking amazing. So I was begrudgingly liking the show. I was working through the bad CGI, but I was I listened to, Karen makes me listen to that superhero. Yeah, show, yeah. Uh, that podcast. And... Um, I was doing. I was listening to their weekly. Uh, their we their, their, they covered it every week, and around the third or fourth episode, one of the guys on the show said, "I get the show now." 
and now I can't wait every week to watch it. And I hit that same thing. The other guy in the show didn't hit that till about episode five or six or whatever the hell. So I understand what they were going for. I wouldn't say it was a great show, but it had a lot of great moments in it. Mm-hmm. And it did hit its stride towards the end. That second last episode was actually written by the guy who wrote the She-Hulk comic, Zeb Wells. So that that's the one Porcupine showed up and and um, um, Cinnamon or whatever that vampire's name was. So Saracen, Saracen, the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that episode was really good. Sylvie was the same as you. She was like, "Wow, we're watching this every week because Sean wants uh-huh. to watch it." I'm a great wife because I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> but um, yeah, it 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 did redeem itself by the end. I agree. But I thought some of the bad episodes did have a few great moments in it. But I mean, it to be honest, it played out exactly like the comic books play out. And the comic book was never that super popular either. Because it was just too... Um, not boring, but it, it it wasn't all action every issue. There had to be whole issues where nothing was going on. So, I, think, I, I mean... I, I think maybe also like you... I don't know, I had... Um an expectation for the show that it, mm-hmm. I don't know I was imagining something different when they said like attorney at law then maybe they'll do more law stuff but a little lighter than Daredevil because that's She-Hulk but um, didn't really do that that much or they were going for a narc at the beginning and then they did the um, case per episode type of thing yep. and then um, the breaking of the fourth wall was kind of like weird at the beginning like it was like at odd times versus like that last episode if they did that quality of um of writing and humor um all throughout i feel like that would have been great but um yeah the title was a little misleading for me yeah uh, yeah i did read like law and disorder not too long ago and i was like that would be so awesome if she just had her own law firm and she did like a little case and your little connections so law and to... disorder it was that i'm trying to remember which writer that would have been i'm looking um because i'm curious i have a lot of she hulk stuff i just don't remember what the the names of the um i really yeah. like it when she's like smart because like and I, I get it that it's hard for them to make her smart make her the smart hulk because the hulk right now is a smart hulk oh i haven't read law and disorder this one's really short it's like only 12 issues and um okay she's kind of smart there and she does lawyer stuff and um uses her connections to um other members of the mcu and so that was really nice but um i really like the character there and she gets to hulk out a little bit and do some law stuff but in the show it's like uh i guess like it's always been hard like you said this is kind of like the the show kind of mirrored the um the issues actually the comic book um it struggled to find like a balance of you know not it tries so hard not to be an analog i guess of bruce banner that it's just like trying to be so 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 different i can see that yeah um so the the bad cgi thing was one of the things that people talked about the well one of the things they talked about the most and the other thing was the um i don't know general misogyny on twitter and stuff that the show received which made me a bit more defensive of the show i guess because i'm like you're hating it 
but they're saying they don't like it because, well, who believes that there'd be a female Hulk? You know, why not ha- Hulk have his own show? Or, but which which I thought was interesting that they addressed that in the show, almost like it was like a live commentary of what was going on Twitter, which sometimes made me wonder: were they adding in scenes of this show as as it was as happening? Time. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the like there was a couple episodes where they directly related to a comment that showed up on Twitter literally like the week before or two weeks before. And I'm like, like, or were they that smart in the writing and, or were they that current and the CGI was, Oh shit, we got to rush. Like, it's like, you know, South park doing a whole episode in one week. Like I was wondering if that was going on. What do you think, Corey? Like, do you think it was a bit more live of a show? Well, I don't think so. They did announce she Hulk quite a while ago uh so those co- comments started coming as soon as they announced the show uh so they, they easily could have pulled those uh while they were in the writer's room uh breaking the the first nine episodes and, and made that a part of the show uh and i think in this day and age unfortunately you can kind of assume uh how fan culture is gonna react to something like like she hulk and so making that a major uh plot arc uh, in the show makes total sense but i imagine they were getting those comments right as soon as they announced a she hulk series was coming yeah, and then they oh, just yeah. incorporated it in the show. It was kind of a fast turnaround since when they announced it to when it came out. That's why the effects aren't, you know, 100% yeah. there. Uh, but um, it, the turnaround wasn't that quick that, you know, uh, you know, just, just a month or two before the show aired that they were able to incorporate those comments. I imagine those were just comments they got right as soon as they announced the show. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're probably right there. Um, the, Yeah, your partner, Mark, was defending She-Hulk like, like a madman there online. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It, it, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Mark I, likes everything, uh, anything yeah. Marvel, anything DC. He's going to defend yep. uh, all day long. Uh, e- even when no one uh, comes out to complain about it, he's going to defend it just to no one. Like yeah. I imagine nobody actually went to him and said, "I don't like She-Hulk." He just said, "Here's for all you haters that he's assuming are <laughs> out there," and just went on a diatribe because that's what Mark does. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Like, yeah. it's nice to to hear that, like, someone can see the positive in, like, everything, right? Yeah. No, I was actually, I was, uh, like, I was wondering where he was going to stand on. He was like, wow, he's actually way more on board than I am. Um, the other the other show that I listened to, Fanboy Garage, they were completely split on it. Um, uh, Aaron was, like, he was, he loved it. He just loved it. And he just kept going on about it. And his partner, Chris, Chris is, like, this is not working for me at all. I don't get it. But again, I think like what Karen had mentioned before uh, on a previous episode was some of these shows are not for us. Like they're just, you know, like there's a lot of people that loved She-Hulk. You know, they just, you know, loved it top down because it was friends like in terms of like it, it's light. It's really light. Right. It's and not... if that's your humor, then yeah. it's your show. Yeah. I was wondering if this the the bad CGI though was was a part of like it, the final the, episode the final the ep- humor or I think it, I thought it might have been because in that final episode where they're saying can you turn back to Jen but can you do it off screen so because because of the budget it's or whatever expensive yeah 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 like I was like like was the bad CGI on purpose to to like poke the trolls. I don't know if it was on purpose. I think they knew that they had a, a smaller budget and a shorter mm. timeline, and they know how much it costs to render Mark Ruffalo's Hulk for an Avengers movie. 
Yeah, so, and I mean, it took movies before they got it really good. Yeah. Because, I mean, so I, the first appearance of him was probably not great. I think if we went back and watched it, it might not have been super awesome. Well, even uh, 2008's uh, Incredible Hog with Edward Norton, uh, they yeah. were good, but they weren't spectacular by any means. Yeah. That's a, that's a Karen favorite, isn't it? Incredible Hulk. <laughs> one with the poodle. <laughs> no, the no, poodle no, the one after. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh I, boy! Eventually, I will watch the Eric Bana one again. Eventually. Yeah, I, I, I think that I have not rewatched that one. <laughs> I still I have think... PTSD. I saw that in a the theater, and uh, I'm still not over it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Nick Nolte. I don't know that. that I think he ruined oh, the movie man. for me. It's just his oh, overacting. Man. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know. I didn't get the third act of that movie at all. No. <laughs> it just went a completely different direction. Um, a friend was um was saying like uh because there's a lot of people that like are like, oh what a waste of time. Like they should pay us for like making us watch blah blah blah. I'm like, no one force you to sit there mm-hmm. for the nine episodes or however many episodes or the whole movie. Yeah. But uh a friend was pointing out, like, remember back then when you know there's no internet and you could not see a trailer. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the Everybody theaters, knew what they were going to get into, I think. Right, and then you mm-hmm. watch the movie, you gamble, you go to see the movies in the theaters, and if it bombed, you just laughed at, it, you know, laughed about it, like as you're walking out, and you know, you still yeah. have a great time. And it's on streaming, so you can like, okay, I watch one episode, I'm done. Like you could just right, like it. no like, one forced you to do. It's this. not costing you more or less money to just bail out yeah. now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you stick with it, like you said, uh, you know, it, it does kind of sag in the middle. And I'm with Karen. I wish there was more lawyer stuff, but didn't we have like an entire episode where she was a, a bridesmaid at her old friend's wedding? It's like, th- this feels like filler. In a nine episode season, we shouldn't have yeah. a filler episode. Correct. Yeah. The only thing that really happened was uh, her date at the time uh, cloning her phone. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could have tagged that on any episode. I don't know if we really needed an entire episode dedicated to that. That seemed like filler. Did right. you guys yeah, like... yeah. Go ahead. No, go... no, I was going to say, um, yeah, if, if the uh, season is um, it's not very long, like there's no need for a filler, and it, and I think that may, that maybe them like experimenting on what works for it, like they're gonna try and make a different episode, which, uh, like I was thinking, like um, like a Mandalorian is great for that, like you know every episode is unique and different, yet mm. there's a mm. tie-in for yeah. the whole season, like something yeah. like that. Um, again, we're not, I'm not a Marvel writer, so I mean, I'm no, I'm sure it's hard to, it's all of this is a gamble, right? You're trying something new. Sure. But at least they're trying stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like if they are still using the same formula from the first, you know, the phase one stuff, like that, you know, I don't think they would be doing so well. Uh, Totally agree. And that's why you get that really awesome last episode, right? Like, because they tried so many different things. Man, they took some big swings in that last episode, and I, I really enjoyed that. You know, take some big swings. So many of the series, to me, were really kind of cookie-cutter. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the uh, oh, the uh, Hawkeye series uh, really stood out. Ca- Falcon and Winter Soldier was another one. They just seemed kind of cookie-cutter to me. This one took some big swings, uh, and I appreciated that. And well, for yeah, the most part, it worked. Anybody. Yeah. But, yeah, like, but, you know, they didn't hit. But there's a chance, too, that the final episode would have not worked. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a huge gamble. But mm-hmm, that's what, you know. Well, you know, the episode was starting, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was literally was like, this is this again. And they're oh, doing yeah. this. This is happening. I'm just like, I was like, I think I was like 
audibly like letting out sighs like in the corner like what has happened <laughs> and then like they uh then she just kind of got pissed off right right when, that, when what was the guy's name todd yeah, Todd, Todd? The, the Hulk yes, King. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. and he turns into Hulk. I was like, okay, you know what? That was that was my breaking point. Like, this is fucking stupid. Yep. And then you saw the Marvel <laughs> logo pop up, and I'm like, oh, hang on, because yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. And she pointed out because the the thing that Sylvie said is like, how the fuck did you get her blood? And she didn't know you stuck a needle into her, <laughs> and it was preposterous. And she yeah. points it out like like this is preposterous. This makes no sense. But I mean, she used to do that all the time in the comics when John Byrne was drawing. She would literally go, "John, what the hell are you doing now? I'm there's no way I'm gonna jump rope nude or whatever." That was what the editors told John Byrne to to write was an episode of her skipping rope nude, and and she's <laughs> like, "I'm not doing that, John." Well, you got to. The editors want us to do this, and it'll sell. Your book's not selling, so it'll sell copies if you're in in the nude. She says, "I'm not doing that." Sexist. You know, it was the breaking like, of the the fourth wall breaking in the beginning was like almost kind of unnecessary because she would do it at like random scenes where yeah. I'm like, well, you don't need to explain this, but they used it very, very well in that like final episode. Yeah. Uh, and her her jokes, her comments are like like really on point. Like the actress is like again, like I still think that Marvel hasn't had a bad casting. Like they always, always find the best people for it, whether you Iron like Fist. the show or not. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Danny Rand, like, yeah, forgot about that. Completely hey, <laughs> forgive Danny Rand. Did you see Charlie Cox endorsing Iron Fist? No, I didn't catch that. Oh. Where's that? Oh, did anybody watch Iron Fist? <laughs> I tried. Did nobody, none of us I have seen I watched... season three, correct? No. Well, okay, I didn't make it through episode one of season one. Okay, apparently in season three, Danny Rand isn't Iron Fist anymore. Colleen Wing becomes Iron Fist. Oh my god! Charlie Cox was saying, oh, I'd love to see Iron Fist come back. Colleen Wing is awesome. And the actress, <laughs> he's named, like, name-dropping the actress who played Colleen Wing, like, she's a mate, and she was the only great thing of that show was yeah 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 right? yeah we, we we talked about this like yeah. we she's the best part of it oh, oh my gosh she's awesome clearly we have not watched no so now well i i think i might go watch season three i only watched Colin like Wing. season one i made it i think i made it through season two i think i did I don't season know. two is the one with the uh, luke cage right is that the one where they team up mm. or is it in the luke cage oh, i can't remember i don't know that might have just been in defenders i don't know mm-hmm but again, we didn't watch it, up. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might go back. Might go back. So yeah. So I don't know. So maybe we'll see Iron Fist. We'll see Colleen Wing. Maybe, maybe. Also. Yeah. Anyway, I read that today. I thought that was funny. He's like, "Yeah, I fully endorse Iron Fist." Then <laughs> the names the actress's name. I'm like, "Ooh, is that a diss?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." It's kind of funny. Charlie Cox. <laughs> no, he was he was so good in the show. And she yeah. really was. What did you guys think about the uh, artificial intelligence, Kevin, who's kind of in charge of the storylines for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think that's the reality. And I think our Kevin Feige is the false one. <laughs> what do you think, Karen? Oh, that was such a that's such a clever joke. I was like, I, I, I think I laughed hard because I was like, oh, my gosh, like uh, this is this is clever. And um 
and their uh, way out of that is like, well, she's never allowed here again, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's that's smart. And that way she doesn't just barge in there. And, yeah, like, she could keep barging in. Robot. Yeah. I, I can't even remember the acronym. Uh, yeah. Can't remember. Oh, yeah. It was, I, I wish Kevin Feige would have done the voice. Apparently they asked him and he refused. Mm. But a little extra meta on top, I think, would have been kind of cool. But I thought that really? was kind of a neat. Touch. He had a ball cap. The Kevin had a ball cap. Apparently, yeah. I didn't even uh, catch that. But <laughs> I don't know. That was cool. That was yeah. There was a lot of great things about that last episode. Yeah. Um. Did you all watch Werewolf by Night? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. We'll 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 do the same circular rotation here. Uh, Corey, what did you think? Out of A to A to F, A to F. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an A minus. I really dug Werewolf by Night, and uh, I'm coming into this panel. I know you guys are experts on everything. Uh, I'm really into like the movies and the TV shows. I didn't really read a lot of the comics. I didn't know much about Werewolf by Night uh, coming in, but I know Michael Giacchino is a great composer, and I was interested to see how mm-hmm. he would direct it. Uh, you know, I really like uh, the cast. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, I thought was a great casting choice, and it looked interesting. And I got into this thing, and right from the get-go, like right from the opening uh, narration and kind of the backstory, I was hooked. And I thought everybody involved uh, really knocked it out of the park. I had a couple of nitpicks uh, here or there, uh, and but you know it was a great introduction to Werewolf by Night. I thought it was a great introduction for uh, Ted, uh, aka Man Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved uh, the black and white. I loved the little touches, like uh, the old uh, old style movie reel type uh, intro. I love the cigarette burns that they put in the top right hand corner. <laughs> Like, it was clearly shot on digital, and it was mm-hmm. clearly shot in color, and you could tell. And I wish they would have put some grain or something on it to make me think like it was shot on film. But the cigarette burns, I thought, were a really nice touch. So I really dug Werewolf by Night. I thought it was great. I, you know, I thought it could have maybe... I wish it was kind of maybe a half hour longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe make it like a 90-minute movie, kind of like those old Hammer-style yeah. uh, horror movies uh, from the 50s. Or 87 right? minutes or whatever they used to Yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because there's still some questions they kind of left unanswered with Elsa and with, you know, even, uh, um, what's his name, Jack Russell. Yep. He's like, oh, yeah, I fought that guy. He points on the wall. I'm like, well, I want to know more about that. I want to know more. Elaborate. About- <laughs> yeah. Uh, these hundred kills that you uh, amassed. I want to know more about that. They just kind of left that out. List in the open. them down. <laughs> yeah. So you, it could have been a little bit longer. Yeah, it could have. So you're A minus. Karen, what's yep. your uh, what's your uh, quick Oh, it's a it. uh, it's a solid A for me. I I think I think like Corey, like I really really enjoyed the style. Like I, I think right from the from watching the trailer, I'm like I know I think this is like a show that I would like. Um, whether it's like cheesy horror or actual horror, um, I think I would have been fine either way. But um, yeah, everything about it was just like great. Uh, I do agree. It seemed a little short. But I appreciate the effort of trying another way to introduce a character because they've been doing what, like a, a season of uh, introduction to like Moon Knight or Miss Marvel and whatever. And, and that's a huge investment. And this is one thing where you're not sure if the character, you don't, you're not sure what to do with the character. You don't have enough material or you mm-hmm. don't have enough, you know um story but, to tell budget seemed a little less probably right which, if the which actually is small. what made it better in some ways yeah, yeah yeah so let's just have like a one episode thing which i thought was very very good in like uh portraying their character like give and the actors were like perfect in there 
Um, my favorite scene was um, when he was transforming and you're just looking at like Elsa, yes. like cowering there, yeah, like backing up to the the cage. You could see the um, the shadow of the wolf transforming mm-hmm. and she's like trying it. She's scared, but she's not breaking eye contact. And like that was a, a beautiful scene. Um, but yeah, all the characters like, like Corey like I wish I knew more of it like you know you're you're going around the table and you're like well I kind of want to know more about this like even yeah. like the people that just like you know first person that died I'm like please give me more like more info like what did you do <laughs> give me uh, a little summary of your character um because I would really want to know um but I I also love the um introduction of man thing as Ted because he's like a monster right like and to introduce him as ted instead of like man thing um you're like okay there's a he's like a friendly monster so instead of like you know like this is just a monster coming out of nowhere i thought um, he was going to be the scary thing and he kind of wasn't he was no (laughs) yeah yeah he was cute he was a friend um so yeah but overall like it made me want to see more of this world and what they would do when now the next thing has you know you have like kind of like a higher expectation to it has to be that level of quality but I like the special presentation format because Mm -hmm. it's you know you don't have to invest in like a whole season to learn about a character you learn about them in less than a movie length right um, so I thought that was great. That was great. You could definitely push the creativity with that length of uh, presentation. Yeah. How about Sean? Uh, a plus. I, I really, really dug it. It was way better than expected. I thought it was going to be pretty good, but it exceeded my expectations. When I saw man thing show up, I just, I, I screamed like a five-year-old. I was so freaking excited. I, I love Man Thing. He his team ups with Howard the Duck in the comics, and uh, he did a he did a great team up with Spider Man and and with uh, the Thing, because the Thing had a team up book and Spider Man had a team up book. So he would kind of randomly show up in random places. He'd never really have a proper title for any length of time, but when he showed up places, especially him, uh, Howard the Duck riffing off of Man Thing in a scene, you get this little freaking duck. And you get this big lumbering creature and Howard's giving the guy shit or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just, he's so odd and peculiar that I don't know. He's kind of cool. So, and um, I, I'm going to share the screen here because I got it. I got a, so you guys see this picture here, book and mm-hmm. record set. It's fun. I, I got this when I was like five years old, six years old, something like that. Mom and dad gave it to me. So, what it was, it was a it was a, a short comic book, and it came with a record. Remember those things? Oh yeah, it was a forty five. Uh, I think it might have been two sided. And uh, what they would do is you could, and this is how I learned to read. This was actually one of the first things where I learned how to read. Uh, I'm just going to play a, a clip of it just so you guys can hear. But they actually had full production audio on these things. Make sure it's not too loud. Even a man who's pure of heart and says his prayers at night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the moon is full and bright. The words seem to echo in my skull. 
I struggled with something snarling and vicious within my soul. And when the madness passed... You! Hold it right there! What in the name of... Good Lord! The man I'd attacked was dead. Some sort of animal. But Lord, the way it runs, like a man. There was a bridge, a muddy river. I dived in my... I'll stop it there. You could watch this whole thing. That's I love awesome. it. <laughs> so it was like it was like full production, like full audio production. You could even hear the scratches. Like this guy literally recorded right off the actual record. Um, and this is how I learned to read was this exact thing. And uh Marvel put out or Power Records, they did a whole bunch. They did one for Dracula, they did one for Werewolf by Night, they did one for because they had a Frankenstein comic book, so they had one of those. Um, I can't remember what they, there was four, I think four or five they did. And they all kind of actually, it was one long story that each one tied into the next. This is my introduction to werewolf by night. So the way he looks in here is very damn similar to the way he looked in the show. And I thought they were going to modernize him and it didn't look like they modernized him at all, which made me very happy. I was going to ask you too about that because I didn't read the comics and the reason I gave it an A minus was I wasn't a huge fan of the design of Werewolf by Night, but you mm. see that's very comic accurate. Yeah, the design. Yeah, like very B movie. Like the 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 fur didn't look realistic. I guess it was just kind of not CG. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, after seeing all the heads on the wall, I had high expectations about uh, how Werewolf by Night would look after he transformed. Then I saw it, I'm like, well, that's kind of shitty, isn't it? Yeah. It was interesting the way he moved. Like he actually had, like I, I don't know, was it with Giacano? Is that his name? Is that how you pronounce Gene it? Giacchino. Yeah, Michael Giacchino. So, yeah. like, even like the werewolves, like style of fighting was like very unique, but it made sense. You know, it wasn't just oh, he's going to be doing martial arts or he's just going to be throwing people. Like there was a whole style to the way he just kind of leapt and. Yeah, that was cool. It was just more the the physical look of him that that kind of. Yeah, it was very odd. Him. But they nailed it with Man Thing. Oh, 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did, like, wow. So I, I gave this an A, A plus because honestly, when I was watching this and watching it in black and white and growing up on Hammer films and, and the old Universal pictures too, um, I was like, oh my God, like I'm five years old again. Like it just, it hit every, you know, every note for me. It was just spot on. I was always a huge fan of of the Bloodstone and um, the guy who's dead, who's you see his desiccated corpse. Like I, I read the comic books with with Ulysses Bloodstone in it, and he was and, so cool. Oh, uh, like <laughs> that, that's a cool, cool ass character. He was born in prehistoric times and got the gem, the Bloodstone, and made him it made him immortal. But that's it. But so he was like he was like Captain America. He was the best of everything. He learned. He says, "I've had a million years to perfect my you know my fighting skills. So of course he's better than any fighter ever." And you know, it, it was, I don't know, that Elsa Bloodstone was cool and, and all those weird, bizarre monster hunter characters that like seemed like something out of like a Hammer film for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that shit was cool. And just the setup, it was so simple and so, I don't know, juvenile, but I don't know, it somehow worked. That's the thing, like for stuff like this, where you could um, somehow please like people who have read their comic books and like like Sean and then like yeah. Corey who you know this is completely new to you and if you still like enjoy what you're watching then it works then it you know you mm. captured your 
your audience as you captured new audiences and your old, you know, seasoned like comic book readers. And it's great. It's great. First time director, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, talk about <laughs> getting a home run. Mm-hmm. But he's composed hundreds of movies at this point and quite yep. a few for the MCU. He did all the Spider-Mans yep. and a couple others that don't come to mind. But Michael Giacchino, a pretty, pretty talented guy. And I thought this was very well directed. Karen mentioned that mm-hmm. transformation scene where you're just stuck on Elsa. And you mm-hmm. see her reaction. You see that the shadow of the transformation. Phenomenal. It was absolutely perfect. There, there was a couple little missteps, maybe little pacing issues early sure. that you can kind of attribute to a first-time director. But overall, I thought he did a great job. But better than a lot of uh, 10-time directors. Oh yeah. Like, yep. you know, I don't know. It worked really well. Um, now, uh, I don't know if you, Corey, if you remember from previous episodes or not, but Karen and I talked about man thing and his importance to the MCU and why they'd have a character like that in there. And, uh, he, he's the guardian of the nexus of realities. So he's kind mm-hmm. of assigned as the protector of basically a, a place where alternate, like different realities, converge there's kind of like a doorway that goes to all the different ones and it's basically like all the kind of horror dimensions you know and stuff like kind of dr strange's stuff but with the multiverse going on and all this sort of stuff if man thing's role is to protect the nexus of realities does that tie him into the multiverse and he's a protector of the multiverse and in the comics they were saying his powers actually come from the nexus he, so he's actually a super, like, supernatural, you know, magical being. So, I don't know, like, it, I'm thinking that's why they picked him. You know, it wasn't random. I think there was something there for that. Would Would you like uh, this universe to connect with the current MCU? Or would you prefer them to be kind of separate worlds? Well, that's a good question. It'd be kind of interesting if it was its own, but they're able to just travel through that nexus, like, and come through. Like, maybe, maybe there's going to be a prolifer proliferation. No, I can't even say the word. Too much, too much whiskey. Too late at night. <laughs> um, uh, I think there's gonna like, may, yeah, that could be something where it's, or maybe they could be their own thing for now until they grow enough and you know be confident in their own worlds and then. Everyone mixes it up. Because we don't know. know anything about these monsters in the MCU. There's no mention of it previously. So maybe they are here. And maybe they're starting to leak through because of the, you know, the multiverse is bleeding. Well, and I just read an interview with Kevin Feige before we recorded tonight. And he said that this special would uh, introduce a part of the MCU that would become quite important to the MCU's future. Go. So, yeah, I think they have big plans uh, for monsters in the MCU. Do you think they would bring Dracula? Do they have the rights? Yeah, it's, I guess to a certain extent they do, but film ways, film rights, they may not. Well, that's Marvel's still universal. Ver- yeah, Marvel's version of Dracula is is um, it's way different. Like they had they had the rights to do it in the seventies already. Yeah, and I I doubt they would have the film rights. That's I think pretty sure that's still tied up with uh, Universal because when they were planning their Dark Universe but with they- Frankenstein. But in Blade 3, they did have Dracula in that, but it was a very different version of Dracula. Yeah. It was the guy from uh, Prison Break. 
Yeah, but if you think Universal is going to license Dracula to the MCU right now, I think you're crazy. There, yeah, <laughs> they're going to hold on to as many assets as they can. Disney has everything, so yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, That'd I think cool, it, I wonder if like if they made him more, more like the uh, the source material. You know, and Sony like, like the eventually worked with Sony worked with the MCU for Spider Man, right? So who knows? Maybe Universal will cut a deal where the MCU will produce a, a Dracula style movie. And Universal could just profit off it like Sony did. Did Universal do the distribution of the first Spider-Man? No. So, uh, well, technically, Sony oh, is Paramount. distributing them. No, Sony, Columbia. It was Sony, but there was also another studio involved in like Spider-Man One. Oh, like the Sam Raimi. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that was. I'm just thinking because Universal is where Hulk was and where uh, Submariner was or Namor was, and they got right. those. So I'm, I don't know. I'd love to see Marvel's version of Dracula because that is my favorite version of Dracula. I like even I like it even more than I like Bram Stoker's version of Dracula because um, Marvel really what Marvel did with Dracula is they took the historical Dracula and they took the fictional Dracula from Bram Stoker and created a a blend of the two. So it was kind of an original character in some ways. Oh, nice. But yeah, it's I I have a lot of Dracula comics. I have a lot of Frankenstein comics. Like the, what Marvel did with the with the the monsters was what Universal probably wanted to do, but weren't doing. And they did a really great job of it. And I mean, they're natural. All these monsters, like they they, they tie in so perfectly to Doctor Strange and and um, well, Blade for sure will and Blade kind yeah. of connect in this yeah. one. I, I I just recently heard that Blade is gonna be kind of a they're they're thinking of Blade to be like a period piece. Oh, yeah, because it's kind of like an origin. But um, these are just period, rumors. Period I is think. in what period though? Well, that's what the rumors are. They're thinking like nineteen twenties, and like I was oh. listening to something, and uh, I was listening to a podcast, and one of the guys is is black, and he was like. I don't know if you guys know what happened to black people in 1920s. <laughs> not good. So I do not want to see that movie Hopefully. in that yeah. period. Well, because the Wesley Snipes one was in like, you know, the cool era where, yeah, yeah. you know, there's hip hop and whatever. And so they're kind of cool. But um, 1920s is a completely different period. So um, I don't know how that'll work. <laughs> I like how... Reason- is there a reason uh, for that? Like I, I don't know. Maybe they're going for like an origin that you know he transcends time. Like you know, it's a, he's or are, or are they doing that? There was vampires early on in the Marvel universe before superheroes were a thing, and then the vampires went away, and now they're coming back. Maybe yeah. sort of like in in that in that respect, maybe they could do whatever they want at this point. But um, I was thinking that it was kind of cool that uh because it wasn't really implied what time period this is uh the werewolf by night presentation no like i mean they did reference the avengers at the beginning but that could just be an intro the actual there's no hint that anyone has a cell phone or any phone so i don't know there's no modern weapons right there was just a flaming tuba i don't know what uh, (laughs) that puts it in yeah Hey, what's the other thing we noticed too when we were watching the trailer, Karen? We had mentioned there was they look like the TVA, like all the 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 yeah, armed the, guards the, the look the like guards. the TVA from Loki. It's the same outfits. 
they never really highlighted that. They never no, but said why anything. Is that? Why would they be there? <laughs> so I think the speculation we had before was um uh Bloodstone, uh Ulysses Bloodstone, like the, the guy was dead, that he was um guarding like maybe guarding the Nexus realities or something. Or he was making sure the monsters don't like they're hunting monsters so they don't go to the other side, or maybe mm-hmm. they're going maybe they're going to other dimensions where monsters are predominant and make sure they don't come to this one. And maybe yeah. that's why they're all a little bit weird. Like they could be monster hunters from across the multiverse potentially or something like that. Then they work with the TVA. So in a way they're killing aber or no, but uh, not aberrations. Um, what do they call them? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Loki had to wear one on the back of his. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, his suit variants. Variant. Yeah. So maybe they're they're variants, and the variants are in monster form. So it could be the variant of the Cory variant in set in Saskatchewan is uh is a werewolf or a Wendigo or something. Oh, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of Wendigos in Saskatchewan that happen in the comics all the time. That's where there the you go. used to hang out. So. Uh, uh, do you, do you think do you think they're gonna cast a new um, uh, Ghost Rider? I heard this rumor that they really want Nicolas Cage back. I can see that. And that I'm makes like, a lot okay, of sense. Sure. Yeah. Like I don't know. I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, Nicolas Cage, when he has a good director over him, he is next level fantastic. Oh yeah. It's just that some directors are intimidated by him or just let him do his thing. But with a good director, like he's Academy Award winning Nicolas Cage. You know, I don't and know. I didn't mind those first two Ghost Rider movies. They were, they it was great. Yeah. The, the guy who did um, the Ghost Rider movies was the guy who did the first Daredevil. Yes. I think. And the first Daredevil was better. The, the director's cut was better. Right. Speaking of directors, I go back to what Karen was talking about Blade. Uh, that project's in a little bit of turmoil right now because they just lost their director. Uh, Bassam Tariq uh, was on board to direct that, yeah. and he just left the project, and they had to completely reshuffle the the deck a little bit for Marvel and, and push it back. Um, so maybe uh, they're going the, kind of the period piece route, and he didn't agree with it, and that's why they're kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit. What do you think, Karen? Well, I think that might be what they're doing because like, uh, it's uh, a lot of their announcements are like, too far into the future it's uh i think they should just like i i get why they are announcing them <laughs> because they want to get you know the hype going and sure. they want to get everyone excited but i mean like if you have nothing going on just like <laughs> leave it out <laughs> for now and that mm-hmm. way you know it doesn't look bad because whatever whenever something gets pushed back you know there's delays or something it always looks bad too yeah. right and you just doubt the material right like every time that happens you're like what's wrong with it i'm gonna go look for the mistakes when this comes out or or whatever right right but they did the same thing with dr strange right like there was a huge push on that one but i mean a lot of it was covid and because all the mm-hmm. movies got shuffled uh, suddenly right. this movie's releasing before that movie originally it was going to release two movies mm-hmm. before this movie mm-hmm. and now the continuity is all messed up because of the of the release schedule but i almost feel like i think blade was maybe slotted to be earlier and now it's like okay well we're pushed back a bit 
but now that's going to bump into these other two movies. We should have something that ties it to the other stuff. And then maybe when yeah. Werewolf by Knife came out, they're like, shit, we got to tie this in somehow. And then maybe they go to the director. Yeah. And say, okay, we need you to somehow fit in Werewolf by Night. And they're like, yeah, but I already wrote the film and it's all ready to go. Right. Yeah. There might be like pressure and conflict with um, based on success of Werewolf by Night or sure. other materials, or, or right? Or Moon Knight even, right? Because Moon Knight was, you know, mm-hmm. he was fighting the monsters all the time too, right? And Moon Knight, right. even though it wasn't a, a hit across the board, some people like swore up and down it was like the best Marvel show ever. You know, so it's like, you know, what do you do? Like, I think they're constantly like just adding things or shifting things. And some directors like, no, my vision. Because is- they, they, they listen to the public reaction, right? Like, I didn't think they had an, I guess, a Hartness show plan, but everyone liked her in WandaVision. And mm-hmm. so we're going to make a spinoff of this character and that's going to be in this timeline. And, and it's, um, it's hard. And that's probably why, like, um, you know, back then Marvel movies or comic book movies are so they're not, there's not a lot. So when you see like, you know, daredevil or, um, ghostwriter, and even though they're not like the best movie, you enjoy them so much at the time because you get to get excited and you're like, this is the one superhero movie that I see, in like three years or yeah, something. Yeah, the one superhero movie we get this year or yeah, the last three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I back then. Yeah, yeah. It was so exciting to see you know the like characters that we just see on paper come to life, being portrayed by actors and actresses that kind of resemble them or embody them like perfectly. Um, I we were watching. Uh, we actually watched uh Morbius. We bit the oh, bullet and watch watched it? Morbius. And um, okay, I expected like the worst, worst, but it was kind of it kind of fit in that time. The night, the early two thousand, the early superhero movies. Like yeah, it, yeah, it was. Okay. It, it was kind of like on um, like it's not better than Daredevil, obviously, but like it's uh, it's somewhere there. So yeah. it would have been fine. It would have done fine if it was released from that period. But now where you know you're getting like avengers where like there's what 30 heroes there and you do it they do the story so well and now you're like well the expectations are kind of high so they put that on netflix uh prime it's on, on prime. prime okay I'll watch okay i guess i will give it a give it a spin have you tried it i saw it yeah I, I watched it with my kid she loved it because she loves uh venom uh, the whole series uh it was okay like i stayed awake for it so i was pretty pleased with that you stayed awake uh, yeah it, it's not great ex- but it's all right i expected the worst like i expected the worst because it had like the worst reviews and so that was like oh it was it wasn't like a disaster but it was like it was nowhere close to any of the well, like green lit for a sequel already well, interesting. I don't know. Well, and 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 that's Sony, right? They're they're trying to hedge their bets on it, or hedge their bets on anything. But Jared Leto gives it hundred uh, percent. He he puts in a, a pretty good performance. So uh, that alone, I think, is, is worth the watch. I was thinking I might like it because he was Morbius. I think Morbius might have been that other Power Records presents. I think Morbius might have been the other character in, in that horror uh, grouping of forty um, fives. Oh, but. Yeah. Um, I think I, I potentially might like it because it, it's just going to be that kind of schlocky horror, creepy. It's very schlocky. Like, I might just like very it anyway, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I just wanted to go back to the directors a little bit. We're talking about uh, the turmoil with Blade and all that. You guys remember back to uh, 2010 in Ant-Man. Ant-Man was supposed to be one of the Phase 1 movies. It was supposed to come out right after the first Avengers. Edgar Mm -hmm. Wright was doing it. And then he decided he didn't want to be any part of that kind of stuff. And they had to shuffle the deck and bring in a whole new director. And I think that worked out pretty well for him. So uh, in Kevin, I trust, I guess. But yeah, I wonder about that because I, I mean, it was it, it it made great bank, but it wasn't as huge as like yeah some of the other it, Marvel movies. And I wonder it if, was half uh, a billion dollars as opposed to eight hundred million. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that, that the writing is very Phase One kind of uh, oh, yeah. like the introduction is very Phase One esque kind of character. But I think Edgar Wright, if I almost wish they'd let him make he had they had let him make the movie. But again, I'm sure they're like, okay, but we want to tie this to the Avengers. We want to tie this to here. And it's like, okay. And then he, you know, he puts a script in. Then all of a sudden, you know, Kevin's reacting to, you know, what the last movie did before and the movie before that did. And he's like, okay, I need you to add a scene where Hawkeye shows up and uh, he's going to shoot Ant-Man on an arrow. And it's like, oh, I, I just finished the movie already. Yeah, 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 but this will be really cool, and 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 he's like, yeah, but I make you brought me on because I'm, I'm Edgar Wright, man, yeah. you know. And the and, big rumor uh, was that he wanted to kill somebody, that Kevin Feige uh, wanted to use in future uh, films, I, whether it be I, Scott yeah. Lang. I heard some people say Scott Lang, some people say Hank Pym. He wanted to kill one of them, and Kevin Feige is like, no, no, we got plans for that character, you know, six movies from now. And that's when Edgar Wright said, no, I'm, I'm out then. If you're not gonna let me make. The movie I envision, then I don't want to do it. So they brought in Peyton Reed, who's a good director, but he's more of a more of a company guy, right? Whatever you say, Kevin, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll do it. So. Which is probably why they brought him in, like honestly. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting because I think it it did feel safe. Yeah. The film. That's hmm. a good word. Yep, safe. Yeah, I mean, I, I still like it. it. Paul yeah, Rudd saved one. saved that film. And I'm shocked he stayed on because after Edgar Wright left, he was kind of like, "Well, I'm leaving too." But they, oh, well, you help with the script and you know help. Well, he liked director. he likes Peyton Reed though. I, I yeah, think that was like a saving grace. If they got someone else, I, you know, I don't know. But he, I mean, he he's really enjoying playing the character. And honestly, Scott Lang in the comics is kind of boring. <laughs> he yeah. actually, you know, he adds dimension, so that's kind of. And now Ant Man uh, and Wasp and Quantumania, that that's going to be a big kicking off point for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this current the next phase, phase yeah. The yeah. next phase, yeah. Uh-huh. It'll be huge. Yeah, uh, they're they're in, flipping it, you know. In the in the future, would you guys prefer it if they do more character introductions, like origin stories, as to introduce a character, or would you rather have them just like naturally appear in the universe as if you know they just exist and you kind of learn about them as you as they keep popping up in movies and stuff. You know, that really depends on the character. Uh, like, I know lately they've just been introducing guys like I know at the end of Eternals, uh, they introduced Kit Harrington's character. I don't even know who it is, but he'll be a character somewhere down the line in a post credit scene. Uh, we had that in the latest Thor movie where Hercules was introduced in just a post credit scene. Uh, for the bigger heroes, I, I, I'm kind of on board with origin stories and actual full-length movies because Iron Man's one of my favorites. I loved, uh, you know, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Uh, even Ant-Man, I, I thought was a really good movie. But those kind of secondary characters, uh, I'm cool with uh, with the whole uh, post-credit scene introduction. It yeah. seems like they got so much going on that they're just going to introduce them in post-credit scenes. Like, oh, and here's this dude. Yeah. And then you got to figure out who that dude is. 
but introduce him as a as a special a marvel presentation which is a great yeah. way to do it yeah. yeah but like karen said that's such a unique way to do it they haven't done that before and it worked phenomenally well i would love to see more marvel special presentations there's okay. rumor that the the character nova is gonna go that way as a as a special oh, i'm trying to figure out what to do with nova because the thing the thing to remember with nova is from a mar like from marvel's perspective that character is incredibly important because the character was based off of the son of one of the marvel creators who died of i don't know if it was leukemia or something but he died at a very young age so they based the character around that kid so in terms of uh legacy and stuff the character is really important from an emotional investment like marvel's emotional investment and they don't want to fuck that up at all mm. they have to get it right so i think they've been hemming and hawing on how to bring that version of nova in and and and, and to do it respectfully because i mean it's based on that kid and that kid was revered by all the marvel creators so i don't know if they do that as a special then they, at least they can test the waters you know put them in a 45 minute special and then boom then then you can throw them in the guardians of the galaxy or or wherever you want to throw them yeah. uh didn't they have um the kid from like meet the millers as uh the cast oh, yeah. like adam warlock right like they have yeah. that yeah, and I don't, I don't know where is he going. Is he in like Guardians? Yeah, he's so. Guardians Three. Okay, sounds like Guardians Three is going to be very rocket heavy, uh, because James Gunn had said when he took the Guardians job, he said I, I couldn't wrap my mind around what they wanted me to do until uh, he kind of identified with the Rocket Raccoon character, and that's when he said I can mm -hmm. do this movie because I identify with this raccoon. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the third one is going to be very rocket heavy. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a lot of Gamora because obviously we have a different version of Gamora in that film now with Star-Lord. But yeah, Will Poulter uh, uh, from all those uh, films that you love is going to be uh, Adam Warlock and he buffed up for it. He looks really good. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like he's going to kind of be the big bad of, of Volume 3, but I expect that film to be much more uh, a character film uh, focusing more on Rocket. Yeah. Well, that, that's, gonna... another, that's, a, that's another movie that they just like took a gamble and Mm -hmm. No one knew about them, right? Like, and then now everyone loves them. <laughs> and yeah. it's another one where they keep dropping like characters behind the scenes, uh, yeah. like uh, uh, Stallone's like character and yep. all mm -hmm. of that. Like, uh, and he's that... coming back. He's there coming back go. for volume yeah. three. Yeah. Does that mean Michael Rosenbaum's back as uh, Martin X, the crystal guy? So Lex Luthor, that was Lex Luthor, right? So. <laughs> And who's best? Who's very good friends with James Gunn? Can I be in your movie? My, my favorite thing about Marvel is they hire these writer directors who have a vision and say, "Just go make us the coolest version you can." Yeah. You mm -hmm. have to put Thanos in a chair in a scene, and James Gunn's like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah, whatever. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can handle that. Just go make us a cool movie. And he did that twice. I, I Volume Two, I was not very high on when I first saw it, but the more I watch it, the more I grow grow like it's yeah, so that's, good that's a grower it's for so sure. well made yeah 100 i like the second one better than the first now and i would be very close uh with you on that yeah the first one's a classic like steven right. spielberg lists that in his top five favorite movies of all time are you serious he, wow. he, yeah he loved guardians oh, of the no galaxy idea. yeah and oh. uh, volume two is right up there for me so guardians of the galaxy volume three is my most anticipated movie of the next few years like i just can't wait karen what's yours 
my most anticipated movie. I was just, you know, I was holding on to the thought because I we just oh, watched um, don't lose it. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I've yes. never seen that movie, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, we you know, and we literally just like watched it like an hour. <laughs> we finished watching it an hour ago. Oh my god. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, Kurt Russell is so good with like the cheesy, like corny performance. Like I cannot take him as a serious actor, but um, it kind of works when you're being like corny and like cheesy yeah. and like he leans so hard into it. And I was just like thinking about that with the volume two, because he's kind of the same thing. Yeah. He does the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. There's actually a borrowed, like, I th- I feel like uh, style from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. We're actually we we we're uh, we're planning a, a session of playing the board game Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's um there's um what are they? Uh, what was the question? I forgot the question. Uh, what was the question? Uh, oh, what was you, what's your most anticipated? Yeah. Um, well, like, well, Quantumania is like pretty big. Like, um. Secret Wars is like pretty uh, a big thing to to tackle, mm-hmm. but that's like far, far into the future. What's more, have what's more, what's happening sooner? What about something like Deadpool three? What do you guys think of that? Sean Levy's directing. He did Free Guy. He's more kind of family friendly, taking on the R rated Deadpool with Wolverine in it. Um, I'm leaning towards being very excited about it, but God, there's some red flags there. You know, I wasn't excited at the beginning because um, everything that Ryan Reynolds is in, he just plays himself. Yeah. He yeah. has the easiest job in the yeah. world. Like, you know, just be yourself. Like, in, and it kind of works. Thing. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, but them like bringing back Hugh Jackman got my, piqued my interest. I was like, well, how would this look like? Like, is I this kind of. I didn't want Hugh Jackman back, but you then when he said he's going to be in Deadpool three, I'm like, okay, no, that's that's a whole different ball game, though. <laughs> so like, because Logan's okay a masterpiece, that. right? Like Logan was so good, yeah. and you think what a great way to end the character, but Deadpool three will be before before Logan, that, yeah. so it yeah, it fits in the timeline a little bit. Yeah. So who else? Tell you, gonna, who else are they going to bring back? Like, they're not just going to bring Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. I, I no. feel that that movie is going to. That's going to be the X Men's intro- introduction. I'm guessing. I would think like it. like a more okay. like formal, proper introduction. And I I wouldn't I would totally expect to see like we, that scene we had in Deadpool. Or wow, it's too bad we couldn't get the X Men in the movie. And then behind him through the door is all the X Men. Like yeah. th- there's going to be something at least at that level, but a little bit more. I would think. Because because we were saying like there's no X Men in the announcements, right? Like there's no right. hint of any X Men there. So. Um, but there are a couple of unknown, unknowns and there's still room for, you know, right. inserting a show or movie or whatever. Sure. But we've had the introduction of mutants with mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Marvel, right? right. Mm-hmm. So Which now I'm anticipating uh, the new uh, Marvel's film because mm-hmm. on your recommendation, Sean, I sat down with my uh, 11 year old and we watched Ms. Marvel and oh, really enjoyed nice. it. Aww. Yeah, she loved it. Now she's like, and she's coming back in a movie. Like now, all of a sudden, yeah, Carol Danvers was in the final scene. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, it's a, so she movie. might want to go back and watch Captain Marvel now, potentially. Oh, she's seen it uh, quite oh, a few times. Okay. So yeah, my kids love Captain Marvel, and then when Miss Marvel came out, they just went, they went nuts. And every week is like, is it today? No, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Could it be today? Are you sure, Daddy? <laughs> like every Aww, every that's week. That's so cute. Yeah, and now I got. 
I could share my superhero obsession with my kids. That was finally the show that, you know, and they're they're nuts for it. It's, it's I don't yeah. know. Mine it's too. Cool. And my eleven year old also loves She Hulk. If we're gonna yeah, tie I, it right back around, awesome. Yeah. Because now I started because I was concerned about the sexual part yeah. of She Hulk, but it's it's very light. Yeah, like it's kind of, it's all off camera stuff, right? So, um, I started my wife Hulk. With my wife kids. lets my daughter watch Rescue Nine One One, and shows like that. So she's <laughs> been introduced to sex already. Uh, oh, so yeah. She Hulk is a lot tamer than those shows. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's almost funny because it, it, like Abby's like getting the humor of She Hulk more than I am. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. There's the it, audience. And she also yeah. said. Yeah, Hulk's not quite as cool as She-Hulk. So there wrong. you go. You know what? I, I didn't get why he had to appear in that last episode. Just to introduce Scar, I guess. Just uh, to drop an Easter egg there. Well, no, he yeah. showed up. He showed up before that in the last episode, right? When she started complaining to Kevin. Yeah, you know, like, like, why well, is Bruce like, back all, of a all like, Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Um. Yep. Uh, oh, Daredevil. That's what I'm excited about. I remember yeah. when they had the announcement. Mm -hmm. That was a big one that I would be super interested in. Um, just because the Netflix show was just so... I think that was like the best out of all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corey, was that was that out of those uh, Netflix ones? Which was oh, your yeah. favorite? That one? Daredevil by far. Like I, I, I didn't get through Iron Fist, unfortunately. I, I liked Luke Cage well enough and... And uh, the defenders Jessica and, uh, and Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah, was was good too. But uh, Daredevil is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, easily. For, I I I do own a hell of a lot of Daredevil comic books. So, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah they they nailed it. They nailed it. I like how in She Hulk though they portrayed him as like, <laughs> like all, all all the women like swooning over him because in yeah. the comics, boy, do the women love him. And I'm like, how do you not think this guy's a douchebag? <laughs> you know, he's like one and done all the time. You know, I don't know. Oh, that's a great one. I like how he's a lighter Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. In yeah. Tatiana Maslany, last episode, like, and sometimes I smash Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in uh, in that uh, series, Law and Disorder, um, uh, they do go against each other as lawyers. Oh, that, that Which I thought was like interesting. That'd be awesome to see. It would have been great to have more of that. Like you talked about mm -hmm. more lawyer stuff. We got yeah. a little bit of it in that one courtroom scene with a uh, leapfrog. And I, I love that whole thing, but give us a little bit more of that. I want to kind of a little more mm -hmm. LA law, a little more. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, that was the, um, when I started reading like more into She-Hulk, like it's, uh, that's the part that I like because the Hulk smashes. That's like most of his yeah. comic books and there is like a smart Hulk, but um, she was kind of that because she was never, I correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, like I don't think she, she was ever like stronger than the Hulk. Like she no. had Hulk stuff, but she was kind of the smarter one. Oh, she's like, like, I have human. a degree. I'm not wasting this. Yeah, but you're a yeah. Hulk now. So what? Mm -hmm. I'm a mm -hmm. lawyer. You know how much time I put right. into being a lawyer? I put no time into turning into She-Hulk. <laughs> you yeah. know, it was just bad blood, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and doesn't she have like ties to Morbius? And I guess she has ties to a lot of like Marvel characters, but she probably has more ties to Marvel characters than Spider-Man does. Mm -hmm. Like 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 Fantastic I think, Four. Yeah. I was almost wondering if 
what if they tilt like with Fantastic Four? Like, I know we don't, we're not getting announcements soon, but wouldn't it be like the biggest swerve if she is the the if the it's not the, the, the team? if it's not the the usual characters in Fantastic Four? That would be cool. Well, if it's That'd not be interesting, be, because she replaced Thing in the Fantastic Four for a really long period. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. She, she and yeah, she was I, awesome. She was handpicked by him, I believe, if I recall. And, oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, and she was in she balanced that team out because then like you had two women, two men. And it actually that balance actually worked really, really well. You know, so like it'd be cool if they started out that way. Or what if the Fantastic Four starts out with we've lost Ben Grimm, we have to go find him. We don't know where the thing is. And she's on the team right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know they're doing something like that like i don't know you just got me excited for the fantastic four movie after watching the the, the earlier ones and stuff and oh God. you know and yeah. again i'm not really a comic guy i'm more of a movie guy so my introduction to the fantastic four was the movies oh and i'm like ah, okay you know matt shakeman's gonna direct it okay whatever but if they do what you just described i'm all in take my money yeah i'm watching that's great because instead of doing this like they're not going to do the origin again because they've done it each time yeah. Like each iteration of the movies they're not going to do that again so if they're going with look the fantastic four have been around however they explain how that is and we're missing a member she hulk's part of the team that way it ties it into current continuity in mcu there's uh-huh. already that link there um That's a great idea i don't know it, it, it'd make it interesting but the most important member on that team for me has always been sue storm and they get a they they can't just get another Jessica Alba like she's she's fine, but she's not that matronly like she's like she's the mother of the team, and don't piss off Sue Storm. Mm-hmm. Like so what puts, did you guys think of John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic in Doctor Strange? That that to me like I know everybody fan cast him for so long. Yep. When I saw him in the movie, I'm like, oh, he's not that great. What did okay. you guys think? But I mean. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Karen? He didn't have enough screen time for him to play Reed Richard as a as a full. Like it was it was okay for me. Like it could have been a different person and it would have been the same. I would have the same reaction just because it's he barely had any lines. Like he was like, Oh, the smartest man in the room, and then like now he's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a scene that was cut out at the end where he actually comes back. That didn't kill him. But they they put that on the cutting room floor. I, I heard a rumor that Chris Evans is coming back for Secret Wars. Oh. What, as Human Torch. <laughs> as Human Torch. Because <laughs> he was Human Torch in the original Fantastic Four. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. I really That's... enjoyed those movies. I liked them too. Yeah. I liked them too. I, I think the, the thing in Human Torch like stole the show. Mm-hmm. And then that movie, they were they were really good. I like Silver Surfer in the second one, Lawrence oh, Fishburne. Yeah, and that was Doug yeah. Jones, right? That was the guy who played yeah. Sapien in Hellboy. Yep, he did the motion yeah. capture for him. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he also played. We just watched Hocus Pocus one and two. <laughs> he plays the uh, the zombie. Uh, and he plays in uh, all Guillermo del Toro's films. He's yeah. always got a role in every single one of those films. Yeah, he was the uh, monster in Shape of Water. He was. Yep, Academy yeah, Award winner. Yeah, he is. He doesn't get enough recognition. That guy's like, no, absolutely. Everybody talks Andy Circus, and Andy Circus is great as Gollum and, you know, Planet of the Apes and stuff. 
but well, this guy has no like like his joints are like well, yeah, his yeah. body shape is just like yeah. he's moldable. Yep. Oh boy. Well, okay, so we're an hour and a half in. <laughs> is there anything we want to cap off with? We haven't seen I mean, Morbius. You haven't seen Morbius, so yeah, I'm I'm I'll, I will watch it probably all before the next time we talk for sure. Uh, and or I think we can maybe like that'd be worth covering. You're watching it, I think, right? Both of you. Mm -hmm. I yeah. Um, on episode three, I just got a little busy in my personal life with work and stuff, but we're gonna catch up as soon as humanly possible. I, I'm enjoying mm -hmm. it so far. I, I I lost my shit today. I was like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> oh, see, because you got the third episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got past that third episode. Yeah. Because yeah, it was well. a slow burn at the beginning, and then yeah. you're like a third episode, and you're like things start happening. But I I feel like okay, you know what? If I didn't have the slow burn, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed the rest as much later. Like I I don't know. Like I, I, maybe it was needed, but I'm really oh, digging uh, it. Yeah, right I always like it when they when I don't see anyone from the Skywalker <laughs> saga, <laughs> just because it yep. like you know widens the universe, right? Like there's other things happening you're seeing other people um it's always a delight to see like fun characters and it's almost like um i'm distracted because i'm watching the aliens in the background because <laughs> yeah. you know they they drop like little like things in the background like little like the oh well, you'll get to episode where they're you'll see like different food like different colored milk yeah, um yeah. show up and i'm like <laughs> Now I'm focusing on the milk. I forgot the dialogue. Let me rewind this and listen to them again. But you know what? It it I find I've always found that a character is far more heroic if they don't have powers. So if they don't have mm -hmm. Jedi stuff, like Han Solo is like he's just getting by on his grit, you know, like yeah. and he's you know he knocked Darth Vader out of the sky, you know, and I got nothing but my Millennium Falcon with me, like you know, I, that's more heroic than. You know, somebody doing backflips and cartwheels and human heroes, human heroes. I love yeah. human heroes. They were more yeah. flawed and they're more subject to corruption and like emotions. And it's just so much fun to see them react to different things. Boromir uh, is more interesting than Aragorn. There you go. I don't know. That's I was because <laughs> yeah. he is totally flawed. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? But yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Of Andor? Oh, I and just in general, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm so sick of the Skywalkers. Rise of the Skywalker turned me off of that bloodline so much that just yep. anything that's not that, I am on board with. And Star Wars is my introduction to everything. I saw that when I was three years old yep. at a drive-in in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and it changed my life. Yeah. So I, I'm a big-time Star Wars fan. And things like The Mandalorian are, are you know keeping that flame alive for me, and now Andor uh, as well as doing that. So. Star Wars was a new thing when it came out and it, it was it was great because it was a new thing Mandalorian was great because it was a new thing the 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 sequels the seven eight nine that was not a new thing it was just retreading rehashing mm -hmm. flipping things just mm -hmm. sake of flipping things it wasn't it, there was nothing new there that's why I feel like I can appreciate eight more out of mm -hmm. I can appreciate it the most out of all of them because at least it tried he to do a, something yeah. different. He Absolutely. They should have just let him do all three freaking movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at no, least Karen hit the nail right on the head. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more because Seven is just such a retread. 
And then eight, he's attempting to do something different. And some stuff he succeeded. I love the whole, you know, you don't have to be a Skywalker. It could be anybody. You know, you came from oh, nothing. I, really I loved like that. that. And, and then nine is like, well, the hell with that. We're going to make her a Palpatine. It's like, Jesus, that's so lazy and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to bring back all the characters that like everyone loved, like the Emperor, everyone loved them. Bring them back. Bring them back. How? I don't care. Just bring Doesn't them back. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. They're back. Yep. Somehow Palpatine survived. Come on. Yeah. We're like... going to create force healing, which is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> I really, really, really hate that. Where was because... that 900 years ago? No, exactly. you know, like Obi Wan could have, uh, you know, resurrected his master that he really liked, like, and then maybe you wouldn't have like Darth Vader. <laughs> if no, it's funny kept... if Qui-Gon hadn't have died, there wouldn't the Emperor would never would have risen to power. I'm sorry, Qui-Gon was was the shit. Now, Marvel is kind of getting in this territory a little bit because now we have a Thor movie where Thor transferred his power to all those kids, and now you can ask yourself, well, why the hell didn't you do that during the battle against Thanos? <laughs> You got to be careful with that kind of shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like hey. they, and I'm sure they have someone in this like big, 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 big company that like checks continuity or yeah. checks if like, you know, this things line up to where we left off or, you know, like stuff like Star Wars where there's tons of material, tons of like, you know, comic books and actual books, right? Series about this. Um, Pedro Pascal would... had nothing to do with those movies, did he? Was it Pedro no. Pascal? No, who's the guy? Oh, um, oh my God, the, the Clone Wars guy. Um, uh, Pablo Filoni? Filoni. Oh, you, you're talking Dave, Dave Filoni. Yeah, did. Filoni had nothing to do yeah. with those movies. No. no, if he had, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, if yeah. he had, uh, we wouldn't have had what we had. No, it would have made sense. He would have yeah, said, "Well, hang on, whoa, whoa, this bumps into that. We can't do that." Like he would have mm -hmm. raised his hand like all the time, because Mandalorian was honored what came before and didn't bump into anything, and it was correct. And it like and made Wars. its own thing. And Clone Wars, amazing, amazing for cartoon, and not like bump into shit. I don't know. That's genius. Yeah. Have you watched Clone Wars, Corey? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's really good. Absolutely. And now oh. Dave Filoni gets to do like Ahsoka and he's the showrunner on it. And he gets to yeah. kind of finish that story that he started uh, with. Those that alone makes that work. I have to ask you, like, what did you, how did, what did you think of uh, Boba Fett? Uh, hit and miss. Yeah. There's uh, obviously the, in the best episode of the, of Boba Fett was the Mandalorian episode that Boba exactly. Fett wasn't even in. <laughs> exactly. I love the forger. Like that's my favorite Mandalorian yeah. character. I was like <laughs> such a, uh, she's like the holder of their culture. She holds the culture. Yes. <laughs> and that I'm like, such that's a good so episode. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great episode. It wasn't even had nothing to do with Boba Fett. You know, I, I, I like yeah. Black Chrysanthemum was cool. And they did some cool stuff in Boba Fett. But oh God, that, that slow speeder so chase messy. for the city. It was so messy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the slow speeder chase. Oh, it's terrible. Aren't they called speeders? Yeah, <laughs> with the Power the Rangers, the Power Rangers. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. Oh. Hey, I, one yeah. one one last thing I wanted to bring up. What did you did you guys hear about Harrison Ford on uh, uh, Thunderbolts? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Well, William Hurt's dead. Got to do something. I like Harrison Ford. When Harrison Ford tries, he's still really good. Yes. Uh, when he's doing like Ender's Game and he's phoning it in, it's terrible. Yeah. But. He really tried in Force Awakens, and he put in a pretty good performance. And from what I hear about Indy 5, it's supposed to be really, really good. 
Yeah. Because he's putting in one of his better performances. So if he actually puts forth an effort, I think he'll do a great job. If he enters games it, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh I just don't like your script, George. I I don't know. (laughs) You can type this shit, but you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, I think that was the problem. It was George is George's script, and I don't know. I don't know if Spielberg has it anymore. Well, Spielberg has very little to do with Indy Five. That's James Mangold who did. Uh, uh, Logan. No, no, exactly. Like I'm saying, yeah. like James Mangold, he did Logan. So, yeah. Hello, that's should James be- Mangold's awesome. Ford versus Ferrari is one of my favorite movies of the last. Yes, you brought that up before, and I I gotta watch that. I I have to watch that movie. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's it so good. God damn it! I gotta watch that. Watch I it before what, Morbius. I, I didn't know what to expect with that, <laughs> or watch it after Morbius, and that way you have a little pick it'll me up a, there. It'll <laughs> be a nice palate cleanser after Morbius. Yes, yes. <laughs> I still won't get that time back for Venom Two. I actually went to the theater to see it by myself in order to talk <laughs> oh, about no. it on oh, someone no. else's. I didn't even talk about it on my podcast. I talked about it on someone else's fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't pay you enough then. No, he didn't. I didn't even get a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, <What the> hell? <laughs> oh, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, let's cap it off there, folks. It's my, it's my, uh, I'm going to turn into a pumpkin in about five minutes. Uh, Corey, where we, can we find you? Holy crap. I'm all over the place. I do a, a little show with Mark Meyer called, and the podcast will rock where we're breaking down everything Van Halen. We're doing a live show. Saturday, November 5th, mm-hmm. we're going to be posting a link on our socials. If you want to come on, I know Sean has talked about it. Maybe talk a little Van Halen. We're going to spin the wheel, see what you come up with, and uh, listen to some Van Halen. That's going to be great. I also do a uh, couple of backtrack shows. My friend John Mariano, one is on Aerosmith, and one is on movie music, where we're breaking down uh, our favorite tunes from our favorite movies. And if you just want to yell at me in general, um, at CD Marset. And this was a real thrill. I know when I listen to you guys in my car, on my travels, I'm always kind of talking back to Sean and Karen. I'm usually siding with Karen and uh, yelling at Sean. Uh, so That's I'm glad so I got funny. to do that here live with you folks here tonight. Thank you so much nice. for having me on. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and then more can, often. <laughs> yeah. And then you can find us at, at Sean Geek Podcast on all social medias. Uh, it, we're not on Tinder as far as I know. Tinder, wow! I don't you know. Guys really go all out. I don't know. It's social media. Or TikTok, are you on TikTok? <laughs> no, I could see uh, Todd doing some TikToks. That would be fun. Todd and TikTok would be phenomenal. He could just know, sit right? there and hold his base, <laughs> and then I don't know. He's the one creating out. the trends. Yeah, he it does create trends. He's a trendsetter, absolutely. You know, you know, bass players used to not be cool, and then Todd started playing bass. He switched to bass, and now all everyone's talking about cool bass players. I'm telling you. I'm telling you todd's got some todd yeah we got some new music i i, I don't want to spoil it but there's some new music that uh he and i are doing that oh, awesome that's good that's exciting good anyway uh yeah uh and then our podcast is uh at or the uh, sean mcginnity.ca or as todd would say s-e-a-m-m-g-g-n-i-t-y something like that i don't know he's he's got the the sexy voice and uh that's it folks we'll see you next week fans of the sean geek podcast this is the core geek talking at you did you know that the sean geek podcast has merch available that's right head on over to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page 
You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode. 